it's not just mushrooms. Anybody can, listening to this can relate. There's something in their life where they realize that they're actually some sort of a topic expert. And it's actually really easy in today's world to become a topic expert in something specific. And then they realize most people don't know about it. And I think at that point you can have anxiety over it or you can see it as an opportunity to do good for the world. And I saw it more as an opportunity. So I never felt anxiety over it. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realized it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hey, it's Kristen and Lindsay. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, thanks for it's your first us. time, welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. We are extra glad you're here. <laughs> we are. Yes, we are. We are a podcast <laughs> of many things. <laughs> I was in Alabama all weekend, so I've been- What do they talk like? Real country-fied. Yeah, I don't even know. It's hard. It's hard. Alabama. Yeah, it's hard. Mm. They're like, all right, get behind that pickup truck. And we're gonna... It's like real quick too. Oh, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. But everyone, it was interesting. Everyone was like more fashionable than I thought. Cool. Everyone was wearing bell bottoms. Really? I thought that was like a I Cal- wore bell bottoms yesterday. Same. I thought that was like a Cali <laughs> trend right now. Yeah. But what's interesting is if you're in a sorority or fraternity, you dress up for the football games. Uh-huh. So we went to a football game. They were all like dressed up. I would be like excerpt. Dieted. What I would not want to do that. <laughs> cool. I just was like, it looks bad because, well, everyone looked great, but yeah. it looks bad because you look at the student section and everyone's wearing normal clothes. Uh-huh. So you're like, where's the school spirit? Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, give me a t-shirt and a crew Yeah, neck. you need to wear like a special t-shirt. Mm-hmm. What was like the occasion? Oh, we went for, Justin went to Auburn University, War Damn Eagle, and <laughs> we went to the game, War Damn Eagle, and they beat them real bad. Oh, sweet. It was the upset in the SEC. No one expected it. You know, being around dudes, friends, boyfriends of the past, whatever, it's like their mood sometimes. I get nervous when there's sports yep. games on that are really important to them because if- He was talking shit to 18-year-old boys behind him. Oh, It was fuck. really- Fucking weird. I love that. The little boys were like, they scored um, a touchdown within the first two minutes, yeah. Georgia did, and the boys were like, smooth like butter, smooth like butter, because <laughs> they were Georgia fans. <laughs> Justin was like pissed. He's like, shut up, you asshole. Literally. <laughs> so then when we set, when Auburn started scoring, he's like, let's go. <laughs> I was like, what is that? Who is my boyfriend right he's now? He's like, smooth like butter. Literally, like was talking so much shit. These little boys were literally 18 years old, um, blacked out. Damn. Yeah, I see it weird before games. It is. Yeah. But um, it was amazing. That's so great. <sighs> Sports are fun. What a great girlfriend. I'm a great girlfriend. That's great. Yeah, we went to like, you know, chilies for dinner and stuff. It was like very- <laughs> You're like, do you have vegan chili here? Literally, it's very off-brand. <laughs> this vegan was very off-brand. Our friend, our guy friend, TJ, actually, I was talking to him before the game. He was like, yeah, I was so curious of what you were going to do this weekend, like what you were going to share. He's yeah. like, I don't know how you were going to make this like <laughs> blogified. 
<laughs> I was like, I don't even know. It was kind of cool though. I, I like loved, Yeah, we shared a little something on our Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash almost 30, mm-hmm. we shared a little bit of like what we were doing this weekend, like real time. And Krista was at the game. It was hilarious, mm-hmm. but it's like fun. Like it's that's so fun. you. That's you too. It was so fun. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, we're going to hop into this episode this week. We have on Taro Isocopola. Whoa. It's really hard to say his last mm-hmm. name. It's a uh, finish. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, Taro is the founder and president of Four Sigmatic, which is a natural superfoods company specializing in mushroom-based drink powders. Kristen and I have been talking about it. Hope you're not sick of it yet, but this company is really groundbreaking. I mean, mushrooms have been used for thousands of years, but they are making it accessible to people. Uh, Taro grew up in Finland. He's so damn smart. Like mm. I, I almost like... I was just like staring at him. He probably thought I was like creepy. Um, but I was like, there's so much coming out of your mouth. Like it's very, it, it's so thorough the way mm, that he- I love that. He talks about <laughs> the mushrooms, but in such a way that I was like, oh, wow. Like this it. is something one that I can incorporate into my everyday life. And two, like I had no idea. And how did I miss this? Like I want to be on every wellness train there is. Yeah, and this 100%. one is a big one that's going to be around forever. So yeah, so this episode- is just Tara and I actually in my apartment. Chilling. Chilling. Doing the damn thing. Yeah, it's great. Yep. So yeah, I couldn't make this one, but Lindsay killed it with him. And I'm so excited for you guys to listen because it is mushrooms are the next big thing. And I act I seriously love my four sigmatic products. Yeah. I love the chaga tea. I love the lion's mane tea. I um, drink the sleep powder before mm-hmm. bed. So I have amazing, like fun dreams. Oh my God. My dream last night, this is actually hilarious. Yeah. Was that we were having an almost 30 event. Yeah. So we're having an event and tons of people are there and you come up to me and you're like, we don't have any food for the event. That's and my nightmare. It, it, actual nightmare. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, shoot, I'm going to order pizzas. So my- Off-brand. My, <laughs> off-brand. My entire dream was me looking through a pizza menu. Oh my God. I was going back and forth. I'm like, cool, we'll get the spinach salad. <laughs> we'll get the margarita. The entire dream was looking through a pizza oh menu. God. We'll get the margarita pizza. Okay. I, and I was like looking back at my cart. I'm like, I have three salads, so four weird. pizzas- no joke. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? But we it was care a, peaceful, a lot. We care a lot her. about you guys. But it was a peaceful dream. So I love taking their sleep stuff right before bed. I love taking the yeah. brain stuff in the morning just to keep me sharp. And we're so excited to kind of share why mushrooms are the next big thing. Yeah. We we talk about, you know, the top four mushrooms that um Four Sigmatic uses in their products. We talk about recipes. So Taro has a new book out, Healing Mushrooms, a practical and culinary guide to using mushrooms for whole body health. It's just really exciting. You can incorporate this into your everyday life for physical performance, for cognitive ability and longevity. So no matter what age you are, no matter like what your daily routine is, this is something that you can use. And um, yeah, I was just blown away. So here you go. Our interview with Tarot. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank Thanks you for having me on. So much for being here. I'm riding solo today. I get you all to myself, um, and I'm just so happy. I um, I started using Four Sigmatic about a little over a year ago, and um, it's completely changed the way I feel, the way I think, and it's been a gateway for me into the health and wellness space. I kind of health and wellness and nutrition. I think as a fitness professional as part of one of my, you know, hats that I wear, I kind of was thrusted into it and didn't know how to deal with a lot of the effects. So my adrenals were overworked, all of that. And 
Four Sigmatic products have really helped me to deal with the stress on my body. Yeah, that's underrated is the fact that um, physical stress is still stress. And mm-hmm. as a normal person, it's probably good to sweat, you know, that hour a day or whatever. But if you're a professional and you do it, you know, four, six, seven, eight hours a day, that's a lot of physical stress, a lot of inflammation, mm-hmm. like adrenal fatigue is it's a real thing, then it's a different environment and it's you know, if you do soul cycle, that's pretty intensive as well. So it's not just like subtle exercise, like a yoga teacher show a couple of poses, but it's like full on, you know? Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, when I, I didn't know a lot of, you know, what we know now. And I think moving to LA definitely kind of opened my eyes to this whole world, but I just turned to coffee. I would turn to yeah. before coffee, the Adderall, the this, the that, yeah. the alcohol, you know, whatever it was to stimulate me. And it would always be so temporary and so quick and we would have that fall. And I think it, you know, not only has my gut health changed, but the mental health as well. So how did you come across this? I was uh, in New York visiting. So I was going back to New York and a friend of mine, she is um, a yogi there. She's a teacher. And I knew her as, you know, one who was like kind of addicted to coffee Mm. earlier on in our friendship. And she was dealing with a lot of anxiety. And so um, I guess a friend of hers had introduced her to Four Sigmatic and it completely changed her energy. Yeah. It, it was no longer this like frenetic, out of control, go, go, go. It was, it was a more grounded, sustainable energy. And it was just like really nice to see her. As a yoga instructor, you'd think, oh, well, that's just how they are. They're very grounded. But yeah. in New York, it's hard. It's really hard to be really grounded hard. and not be affected by all of the, you know, the sounds, the concrete, you know, all of these things kind of coming at you day to day. So it was really cool to see that. So when I saw her, you're different. Why are you different? <laughs> she's like, oh, she's like, I'm pretty sure it's the mushrooms. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> what kind of mushrooms? Yeah, literally. Yeah. I know. We'll talk about that too. Um, so, what's your favorite? Or so recently, my favorite has been uh, the reishi. Um, is that how you pronounce it? I know it's pronounced. Yeah, either way, it's ways. a Japanese name. Nobody got reishi, it. Reishi, 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 whatever. I just say reishi. So it's been. Um, I have no problem sleeping. But I find that at the end of Grounding. my day, yeah, it's I'm always kind of going, and if I teach at the end of the day, my body is buzzing. So it's been um, really, really grounding. I have, I kind of have like a lot of fire in me, like the pitta. If we're talking yeah, like I Ayurvedic, s- I can tell. So um, it's super grounding and really nice at the end of my day. And I actually turn my mom onto it. <laughs> She's like, "Is this? Is this like?" Chocolate milk. I was like, no, mom. <laughs> but if you want, if you want to make that like connection, it kind of has that grounded, like kind of chocolatey for yeah. me. And I, I uh, mix it together with the new superfood blend, the reishi superfood blend. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get into it. Um, sure. Uh, fascinated by your story, um, I would love for you to paint a picture of um, growing up in Finland. Um, I know you've been uh, foraging mushrooms as well as other superfoods that we know now uh, for a long time and we're exposed to them very early on. So if you could paint that picture for us. Well, Finland is a small country next to Sweden in Northern Europe. Where most people are blonde and blue-eyed, you know, it's just there's us. A, <laughs> there's a lot of um, a lot of forest, a lot of lakes. There's actually the more most amount of lakes probably in the world and islands. 
there's uh, something like 180,000 islands. And, um, and you grow up in an area where basically I showered in spring water. I, we would drink spring water, we would shower in spring water. You know, there's a lot of berries, a lot of shoots and leaves, but also mushrooms. And uh, I grew up on a farm that me and my family has had at least 13 generations and um, would go out foraging for mushrooms and berries, mostly with my mom. That's actually the thing that gets un- underestimated. Something about the superpowers of women is the this you know this hunter gatherer thought is like oh men are men are the hunters, but uh, mm-hmm. women are the gatherers. Women had a lot of the mushroom knowledge, a lot of the berry knowledge, a lot of the herbalistic knowledge was with women because they would go around the village or the camping grounds collecting things and making medicine out of them. So, you know, in a way, women are the original shamans and and healers in multiple facets, not just nutrition, but Mm. they're the carers. So uh, my mom would teach me and my brother just to kind of forage and get stuff. And then out of my dad's family, our great-great-grandfather started this environmental school where we would build nests for owls and eat organic food and and summer project, in order to get to the next grade, you had the summer to like dehydrate 100 plants and name their Latin names and all kinds of stuff. So I uh, went through that. I think I had to grow like lobsters for a summer project. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Chia seeds. <laughs> yeah, those. Like these Frankenstein lobsters. Okay. <laughs> That's incredible. But yeah, I mean, summer, there's 24 hours of sunlight. Oh. There's no night. Winters, it's kind of opposite, a little dark, mm. um, a lot of snow, pretty cold. It's like Alaska, kind of growing up in Alaska. So it's a small country. Everybody knows each other. If they don't, they know someone who knows someone. So every person in the country is basically one person away. And, and that makes, I mean, the Nordic model and Nordic society is very, I don't know, there's a lot of focus on education, environmental values. Um, a lot of the time I've been, I was living there, a woman was the president and or the prime minister of the country. So I think that's also it's a little different, especially now pretty timely what's happening in the mm-hmm. U.S. is just is something that we grew up with that didn't even know that there was an, another way, so to say. So. Wow. So, so growing up that way, how did that influence your track? And I know it hasn't been straight to you know where you are now. Being so growing up so connected and um, appreciative of the earth, of the elements. How did that like kind of take you to? I know you ended up in the tech space for a little bit. Yeah. So how did that? Maybe take a back seat, or how did it influence it? Was it always on your mind? Was it something that you knew you would come back to? Yeah, so my mom taught nutrition and physiology and anatomy. So from my mom's side, I got that nutrition and health bug. And my dad is like, a, he's an agronomist, so he's like a professional soil expert and a, and a tree mm-hmm. expert. And that's that's where I got the agriculture side. But a farm happens to be in the kind of the lake area of, it's a super small town, but it's like next to Nokia, Nokia, Finland, like the phone, where I originally mm-hmm. from. So there's like high, a lot of high tech in Finland. Like I had my first computer in like early 90s. I was barely like able to write and I was already like developing. And in the late 90s, uh, we did e-learning. So my teacher was in another town and we would learn through video. And early 2000s, I got my first smartphone. First technology was VOP, VAP. You couldn't even go to a browser. <laughs> so those are the three things I grew up with. But to your point of like appreciating it, I didn't appreciate it. Mm. I wanted to be a, like a pro athlete and travel the world, mm. and and that was the space. I was I was interested in human performance, and 
you know, about 14 years ago by random accident, my friends became pro athletes and I had injured myself. So I couldn't, and I probably never was that good. But I could help them in nutrition because a lot of athletes actually don't have a clue. Like you probably can relate to this as a fitness teacher as well. It's like, hey, there's a lot of people who are really fit and they, they're like beasts in whatever discipline they do. Mm-hmm. And they're t- but, still taking like C4 and like these synthetic blends of... Yeah, they music. use either like the pre-workout booster, the caffeine track, that's a one path. Mm-hmm. The other is like this, they're already inflammated and then they push themselves with like really low quality uh, proteins that actually can cause increase yeah. inflammation as well. Or they just like full on just eat whatever they want because they think like the calories in, calories out is like the the story of longevity. So they're like, if I do four workout classes a day, then I can definitely eat McDonald's and all the other stuff that comes with it, not just calories that you're taking in. So I could help my friends. And so that was already there. But when you grow up that way, I guess anybody, if you grow up a certain way and you're not exposed to other ways of living, Mm. it's hard to like, there's no grass. So, you know, living around the country, around the world, anything from living in like, Paris or Vancouver, Canada or Manila, Philippines or Hong Kong or Melbourne or Milan or whatever, where I've lived over the years, it's shown me different ways how people live. And especially living in big cities like New York City, LA, London, to a certain extent also Paris, Melbourne, Hong Kong, I saw how a lot of people were stressed out and it was like a fairly new thing for me. I was like, it was the pace was different, so I had to adjust, but it was also like understanding that, hey, not everybody's like to what I thought was totally normal was not normal to a lot of people. Mm. So even the, what I considered the fundamentals of hydration and you know and things like that, healthy fats or whatever, people didn't know. And I was like, I was blown away by it. And just understanding also like, hey, this is an area where I can help others. And uh, when I started my first mushroom venture about 12 years ago, there was a less clear path on how that would be a way of making income. You know, I think mm-hmm. internet has opened a lot of early stage young companies changing the world for the better. And they're like, like the big food companies are just have been really hurt. They lose like, I think last year they lost 4 billion market cap because people are like fed up and like, I, I don't want to buy from a, mm-hmm. a faceless corporation. And, and all these like small to medium brands and companies are emerging, doing something very specific, something cool, something better for you, something more transparent. And they're trying to make, like, make the world a better place and people have access to them through the internet. So when I started, that was not really the case. There was no web 2.0. There was no, bl- even blogs were not there. Even the my- MySpace was not there yet. So Really? <laughs> MySpace. Th- maybe it was. If I ever found AOL my old, for sure. If I ever found my 12 old MySpace. Years ago. No, no, no. <laughs> Someone needs to burn it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, mm. so so I, I made my living while traveling around the world by working in a university, in a, in a large tech company, whatever. It was more like an excuse to move to a new country, mm-hmm. almost, and somebody paying for it. Yeah. And, and then, um, then about five, six years ago, started the company named Four Sigmatic, and then it's been full on ever since. So, I'm so interested. You know, when you have so much knowledge about something like mushrooms and the mushroom kingdom, and kind of almost like seeing the power and knowing that not a lot of people know about it yet. Yeah. Does that feel like was it exciting? Was it this big responsibility that you just felt that was like kind of the 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 energy behind what you were doing? Was it overwhelming? You know, it's 
And also, did you have kind of like a vision, like when you realized that like not a lot of people knew about this and that this could become, you know, a way in which people could enhance their everyday lives, their physical performance, all of those things? I've always been a believer in, in the mushrooms. And as the more you study them, the more you become a believer. But there's an epiphany when you're like, okay, a lot of people know this. Mm. And I, it's not just mushrooms. Anybody can, listening to this can relate. There's something in their life where they realize that they're actually some sort of a topic expert. And it's actually really easy in today's world to become a topic expert in something specific. And then they realize most people don't know about it. And I think at that point you can have anxiety over it or you can see it as an opportunity to do good for the world. And I saw it more as an opportunity. So I never felt anxiety over Mm -hmm. it. And also I just want to point out that I don't think mushrooms and the mushroom kingdom is better than other kingdoms like plants and animals. What I'm saying is that they're just underrepresented, they're overlooked, and nobody's really speaking for them. So I'm just trying to like support the little guys, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. Peter. And why is that? Why why are they understudied? So, um, and maybe I should clarify, they're under overlooked in the Anglo-Saxon culture. So in the UK, the US, mm. in Asia, they're widely consumed. Mm. In a lot of other cultures around the Slavic, you talk to somebody who was from, let's say, Ukraine or Russia, and they would say, yeah, our parents went foraging all the time. It's like the most normal thing. It's specifically Anglo-Saxon culture. And why is that? We don't really know. There's a couple of theories though. These are pretty fascinating. One of the theories is, is that um, there was, because not all mushrooms are good. So mm-hmm. the kingdom of fungi, the kingdom of mushrooms, is is the same way as kingdom of plants. Some plants kill you, some plants heal you. So if you're like a proponent of plant-based diet, you're still going to have to acknowledge the fact that a lot of the plants in the world can straight up kill you or hurt mm-hmm. you. The same with mushrooms. So there might have been a mold, which is in buildings and other places, like that killed a lot of people. So then that's why people got scared. We know that UK, where a lot of the traditions, obviously in the US, are also coming from. Well, it's really damp, so there's a lot of moisture. So maybe a lot of the buildings or something that was like a deathly type of a fungi spreading around, and people got scared of it. The second theory, which is more fascinating, relates to women. Is like the, I told you, the women were the kind of the the gatherers of, mm. of, and they did a lot of the herbalism. And a lot of indigenous cultures used, you know, mushrooms for healing. We even knew, know that the Iceman Otzi that they found frozen in, in Austrian Alps had mushrooms with them, but they were also used by indigenous cultures on the psychedelic part. So either way that may be, there was a point when this witch hunt happened, when this like pagan traditions mm. of healing, of natural healing, in you know, kind of butted heads with the more formal Christianity that was sort of an economic union in that point. And uh, this witch hunt happened and everything that w- women did were kind of considered anything that were outside the box, even temporarily, even to maybe like essential oils were considered demonic and they were like really bad for you. And that point probably mushrooms got banned as well because they were part of that traditions and women were considered witches. So that's the other theory, but truly nobody knows. People are always afraid of the ones that know the most. Okay, so many places to go. We're going to get into the book in a moment. It's so beautiful. Can you kind of, for our listeners who know nothing about mushrooms and the power that they hold, can you kind of deconstruct the mushroom kingdom into, I know, you know, Four Sigmatic, I know of, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, like uses the, these four main mushrooms, right? Yeah. Sort of. I'm like speaking as a layman. I'm like, hmm, tell me I'm right. Chaga, lion's mane, reishi, and what am I forgetting? 
Cordyceps. Cordyceps, thank you. Most important. Those, those are the top kind of functional mushrooms. Sure. So there's other great culinary mushrooms that also hold yep. functional benefits like shiitake and maitake and noki mm. that a lot of people might be familiar. But if you're listening to this and you're like, eh, I don't know, mushrooms mm-hmm. are not really into it. I don't like portobello. I don't like the texture or the flavor or I'm not into psychedelics and why would mm-hmm. I care? I guess there's like a few messages I that try to talk beyond anything related to the company mm-hmm. is one that these mushrooms are a kingdom. They're not a subgroup of plants. So they're way more than just something you put on top of your pizza, right? So mushrooms actually cover for, just to give you a few facts. Is I love these facts. <laughs> I know they're coming and I'm, I'm blown away. <laughs> so let's talk environment first. Mm-hmm. Um, about 25% of the earth's biomass is mushrooms. So quarter of the, the earth's biomass is basically mushrooms. So that's pretty fascinating. All plants, basically, almost all plants require mushrooms to collect water. And that's pretty massive. And uh, there's like six times more different types of mushrooms or fungi than there is different types of plants. So there's a huge diversity there. Um, They can clean oil spills. They can even eat plastic, which is the latest discovery. And we've only discovered a fraction of them. So it's totally like there's a lot more to learn. And from the human health point of view, we share almost half of our DNA with mushrooms. So we're all listening, we're half mushrooms. So mushrooms and animals, we used I to be- I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You're a, a fungi. Explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, of the behavior. So, um, and that just means because the DNA similarity, we're very prone to fungal disease, mm. such as candida, that a lot of people suffer, or molds in buildings that we talked about. But we can also use mushroom, quote unquote, medicine, because it's really bioavailable for us. Like mushrooms are one of the only non-animal-based sources for vitamin D. Mm. And so that's pretty dope. And then um, about half of the best-selling drugs right now in the world utilize fungi. So penicillin is one thing, but there's also a lot of immunosuppressants for like autoimmune and all that kind of stuff that mushroom medicine is out there. And uh, so all together... About half of the best sellers use fungi, and of all the drugs, about forty percent utilize fungi. So, so that just—it's just pretty mind blowing what they can do. Mm. But um, I think they're just pretty overlooked. Like right now, as we're taping this, we're breathing in mushroom spores. Mm. That people don't realize that if you go on a weekend and you got a little rah rah and you get a little beer and wine, you're that it took mushrooms to create beer and wine or bread, which nobody ever eats, right? Um, no, or no, cheese. No, no, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so all of those require fungi to be made, and so they're literally everywhere. And and both the planet requires them, and us humans can benefit from them. Like I said, I don't think they're better than other kingdoms, but they're clearly overlooked, and they offer a lot of promise. And they're so simple. So instead of focusing, if there's 1.5 million types of fungi, you can just focus on the top four, like we discussed. Same way as like if you want to add, if you've been grown up in the so-called sad diet and you've been eating meat and potatoes and you're like, okay, I want to add a little more vegetables into my diet. I'm not, I'm not ready to go vegan right yet, but let's, let's just you know, balance it out a little bit. You don't have to go and learn 50 types of vegetables in the store. Like what if you just like guacamole? Let's, let's, you know, let's do the avocado root. Let's do that and figure out what else is good for you. A cucumber maybe, or berries, putting berries in a smoothie or whatever that may, may be. Mm-hmm. So the same way you don't have to learn mushroom number 57 or 22 or even mushroom number 11. If you just learn those four or even two, 
you know, the king and queen of, of mushrooms, Rishi and Chaga, and learning those, or going to the grocery store and getting a shiitake, and instead of using a meat one day, you just saute shiitake and get your protein from that. So, I know in the book you have the ten top 10 that you're kind of using yep. in, in cooking. What are your favorite three of those? Like that you're for using cooking. right now, yeah, for cooking. Ones that people My can Taki, cook. which is mm. also known as Hen of the Woods. Uh, I like that. It's very delicious. So, you know, high heat with lipids, fats, just sauteing that. It gets all crispy and, you know, uh, that's just super delicious. So the mushrooms respond to like... They like the heat and oils. Okay. So they actually, you shouldn't eat mushrooms raw, generally mm. speaking. So you, they're actually not bioavailable raw. So you should uh, saute them or you should apply heat and fats into them and to kind of mm-hmm. unlock their superpowers. So that's why a lot of chefs do use them and cook them in high heat in soups or saute them in, in butter or oil, like I said. And that's one of the ways how you can make them bioavailable. So I would say uh, maitake to cook with. I really love that. I mentioned shiitake. Mm-hmm. You can make a lot of delicious shiitake stuff. And then kind of a surprising one is the lion's mane, which is good for the brain. And, and you can make amazing, like a lion's mane pot thai or a lion's mane pancakes or whatever. And, and it helps with brain power, basically, and nervous system. So very important things for obviously everyone's life to today is like yeah. just the, what, what is required from us. What I've kind of seen is just every year more and more. You have to be... To be professionally better, and then you have to have a big social following, and then you have to travel all these cool places that everybody keeps talking about, and you have to read this book and that book, and see this TV show, and binge watch that, you know, series, and and you have to be an even better friend to your friends, and you have to be a great mm-hmm. partner, and just what is required from us is getting kind of out of hand. So it's having enough, yeah, having obviously getting crisp with the fact that you can't do everything, but also having a couple of superpowers and weapons for those tough days that you really need to perform. So yeah, let's talk about being in the wellness space. Yep. I feel like some days Krista and I talk about this. We're like, is it is it enough? Like what are are we doing enough? Like is there something else we could try today? Like a part of our regimen, you know it especially in LA. I feel like, you know, someone's always talking about the next thing. So was there, when you launched Four Sigmatic, was there a kind of a, a plan or a foundation in place so that, you know, you wouldn't become this trend that would kind of come and go, like that it would be something that people could really um, use for their whole life, you know, incorporate it in that way? Yeah, so... Sometimes like reporters ask me is like, hey, mushrooms are now all the craze and mm-hmm. and like will it next year will be there a new thing? So I kind of joke is that well, they've been here two point four billion years, mushrooms mm. at least. And first billion years they ate rocks. So I just kind of feel that they're gonna be here next year as well. And you know, you know, they'll be here a long time. We might not as humans. <laughs> we yeah. might be going to eat us. I guess they could. Um, if we were not they living. can decompose us, but they're not going to take over you. So mushrooms actually decompose <laughs> yeah. a lot of things that belong and don't belong in nature, mm. like we discussed the oil spills and and uh, and plastic. But um, yeah, so I don't think it's there's nothing fad about them. I mean, obviously, some companies promote them that they're like a cure all, which they're not. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're because of the pharmaceutical connection and a few other reasons. They're among the most studied things for our health. So uh, if you're paleo or vegan, you can benefit from them. 
if you're on a, like a gut-friendly diet or keto diet, you can use them. So they're incredibly nutrient-dense and, and suit all the common diets. So I don't think they're a fad. I don't think they're like a super berry from Amazon that is supposed to cure all your issues. I think they're the real deal. That being said, you know, obviously you have to make them in a form of that is has compliance. I think we've all been there when we get excited about a powder or a capsule and we order it and gummies that make your skin better or hair better or whatever that may the latest thing may be. And, <laughs> I passed on those. But. Yes, um, good for you. So or whatever the thing that we yeah. might be excited, you you know, in order to make it consistent, you have to somehow bring it to some person's like daily life. And mm. like the mushrooms are not going to help you unless you consume them same way as, you know, um, soul cycle might be great, but if you don't go to the class, it's not going to help you, mm. you know? So for that reason, it's important to have compliance. And that's what I'm being obsessed about. What are the flavors and the methods like mm. making mushroom coffee instead of forcing you to have like a really bitter, Elixir that nobody ever has. So, like trying to find find ways or hot cocoa. So you, it tastes like milk chocolate. Yeah. And so that's a lot easier for people to consume. And then I'm not excited about spending my lifetime educating people who already are in the know. So if you're part of that 0.1 percent of of health experts that always chase the latest and greatest biohacking tool, that doesn't excite me. My excitement is like a person who's right now having Falter's coffee or Swiss Miss. And getting them up super upgraded without them even knowing that they got super upgraded. They went from 2G to 4G and they didn't even know it. But they're like, oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's what excites me and gets me up every day. Has there been a story that has come to you, like, or a, an email or a letter from someone whose life has been changed? By the yeah, products. like a lot. I know it's always, but is there something? So it's kind of like mind blowing, actually. Like how many people we now reach, mm. and especially in the last year, it's kind of blown up a little bit. And uh, we have this contribution program also that relates to cancer, and we work with this boarding for breast cancer organization on cancer awareness. And those are always the most touching ones. They're like you hear stories of what they've gone through, and and. You know, those are the pretty powerful ones. But yeah, I mean, we have this room club, for example, this private Facebook group that has about 10,000 people. So whenever I go and see anything there, it's almost every time somebody like, shares a story how things have changed. So yeah, I see them all the time and then you never get bored of it.
So I want to talk a little bit about how people can use mushrooms for performance and then how people can use mushrooms um, for healing, you know, whether it's anxiety or sleep, you know, they have trouble sleeping, whatever it is. But I know, so you are a semi-professional runner. That's kind of how, right? Something like, yeah, that's kind yeah. of how it started. How it started. Now, now I've been running a lot less. <laughs> I just did a marathon without training, and I realized oh, really? that. Really? And I was like, oh, I should probably run every now and then. Yeah, I don't run anymore at all. So when I stop, I kind of stop. It's so hard on my body. I can't either. Yeah. Like maybe a treadmill for ten minutes. I'm good. I can, but it's, I just I just got bored of it. Mm-hmm. And I love trail running still. Like I, would, mm. if I would be in the mountains, I would be all all day long. But it's it's a whole another conversation. And the beach is fun as well. I like it. Yeah. Barefoot, like but, low, low impact or less of an impact. Yeah. So, what types of mushrooms should people be consuming if they're going to be, you know, doing high intensity intensity workouts? So, the most popular mushroom in the U.S. out of these functional mushrooms, surprisingly, is actually cordyceps. So, C O R D Y C E P S. It's kind of a tongue twister, but um, a lot of people who take it don't even know it's a mushroom. So, like. You know, fitness people, mm. um, MMA fighters, a lot of athletes—they take it in these stacks, and it's you know, quote unquote, an adaptogen that is shown to increase your VO2 max up to fifteen percent, so one five, and that's pretty incredible. Like if if you get more oxygen into your lungs, anything in your life gets improved. Anything from like, you know, sexual health to performance, um, physical performance, but also your cognitive function. Like everything works. Oxygen is so—it's like literally life. So having more oxygen in your lungs, uh, it's pretty powerful. So cordyceps is one of them. And then probably I would say the other one is is a chaga mushroom, C-H-A-G-A, that we mentioned is like the king of mushrooms. Helps really like kind of very high in antioxidants. So like, like one cup would equal to about 30 pounds of carotene antioxidants. Antioxidants really help with like recovery. If you travel a lot, they help with your skin, by the way, as well. You know, and um, so skin recovery, and uh, travel is great for them. so those are probably like the performance quote unquote mushrooms mm-hmm. that if you're an active person you want to get down with it. And what if um, you know someone is struggling going on to healing with with sleep or if I don't know I I haven't read this yet but in terms of maybe like skin issues or yep. things like that well. Relating to the microbiome is basically where I'm going. So what you just mentioned before was the reishi mushroom. That's a great nighttime mm. calming mushroom, like really kind of working the endocrine system and, and uh, reducing stress, hopefully. And so that's great for that. But to the gut biome part is all of these mushrooms, top mushrooms do kind of two things really, really well. One is immune support. So they're immunomodulators. They have these specific compounds called polysaccharides and specific types of polysaccharides like beta-glucans which are literally among the most researched things in the world. And those modulate the immune system. So if your immune system is low or too high, it kind of bangs back to this like balance, basically. Mm-hmm. So if you have a flu or a cough, it's, a, it's the opposite of having an autoimmune disorder or an allergic reaction. So if you have an autoimmune, you know, uh, your own immune system is too active, and if you have a flu or a cough, it's not active at all. So just balancing it, it's so-called immunomodulation. Most immune products are immunostimulants, so they're just going to stimulate your immune system. But if you struggle with some of these other issues, then stimulation is the last thing you want to have in your body. So that's the first thing all of them do, polysaccharides and immune support. And the other thing, which is where the research right now is in the last few years, so much coming out, is the gut biome improvement. We've known that these polysaccharides get absorbed in the colon, which are obviously where 
you know, the gut. And we've also known that they're prebiotics. So prebiotics mm. are food for probiotics and we've known you know, the importance of inulin and Jerusalem artichoke and all these other things. And they might be even more valuable when changing your gut biome for the better than probiotics. So we've known these two things for a long time, but now the research is really coming out is that they can really improve the gut biome. So this is true for all of them. So if you've had gut issues, definitely like mushrooms like reishi, chaga, shiitake, maitake, these are really showing a lot of promise on improving gut biome for the better. I love that. And, and how the microbiome relates to mental health, has that been, was that ever, I guess, a focus like early on in starting the company, like thinking about stress reduction, but kind of on a molecular level, like really getting down to the science of what's happening? Yeah, I'd say I've, like, the gut biome is like fairly recent. So it's the yeah. last two, three years where it's really been coming up. I kind of suspected it already. Mm. Um, but the, the, what our focus was on, on these called adaptogens. So mm. some of them are mushrooms, some of them are not, but things that help balance your body from stressors. So kind of protect you from stressors and balance you from stressors. And that okay. was the start from the get-go. That was a big focus area for us. And uh, and then a lot of the mushrooms are adaptogens. So it's like a combination a combination of those two. And by the way, it got, affects everything, like you said, skin as well. So yeah. skin huge. And chaga, for example, is the highest source of melanin, which is an antioxidant that a lot of people know when you, you kind of... Uh, you or the sun or whatever or um, skin produces so color mm-hmm. pigment so so definitely uh, chaga is great for skin if you want uh, you say that in LA I mean you're <laughs> you just sold like a hundred units in that last thirty seconds <laughs> yeah I mean I, <laughs> they're like skin hair nails okay <laughs> so this is the funniest thing um, I've been doing some partnership with this skincare brand called Origins yeah of course so they're like a huge estrolytera company yeah. And, the number one global bestseller is called Mega Mushroom. It's a mushroom skincare product, and they sell more than anything else they do. Shut up. Would you guys ever do skincare? <laughs> <laughs> We're already healing your skin from within, but uh, yeah. we'll see. Amen. We'll see what we do. <laughs> Talk to me about like the wellness mushroom space now. So you guys are obviously at the forefront. What does it look like? Do you see like brands popping up? And I don't mean like, oh, are they your competition? Because I don't think there is that. Um, but just in terms of being innovative and staying true to your brand, has that been challenging? How do you do that? Like, how do you work with your team to really create? I mean, I the branding is amazing. I think it draws people in from the get-go. Um, and really makes you know this whole complicated. If, to me, it feels complicated world, this kingdom. Really, something I'm like, oh, let me learn about it. You know, I'm not really intimidated by it. Um, so, what has been the most challenging thing as you grow and as you want to stay true to the brand? Yeah, I mean, um, there's so many new mushroom brands right now, and mm-hmm. you know, it. You could get really sad or fact that they steal the exact same icons we use or the colors. So now. A lot of people's chaga products are green and reishi products are blue. And like that how do you not get sad? <laughs> but the, my, sad. Point, my point is <laughs> you could direct your energy towards mm. the negative or the positive. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that the category is booming and you know, rising tide lifts all boats and uh, that's where the focus should be. And by the way, you also need to be humble in the fact that we're standing on the shoulders of a lot of giants. Like there's people that for hundreds of years have dedicated their whole life on researching mushrooms and we're just basically using that. So everybody steals from everyone. 
but there's definitely a lot more mushroom companies out there right now. And to your question is like, yeah, you have to make sacrifices and our, like we did a lot of sacrifices short term to hopefully now be better long term. So for example, since we started, everybody was asking for a ready to drink. It's like, you should do a ready to drink. Or kombucha, mm. by the way, requires mushrooms as well. We're like, hey. Really? Yeah. I so kombucha, that. the SCOBY is a symbiotic relationship between bacteria and fungi. Anyway, so, so that was like what everybody's been telling me for the last five years. And now there's like GT's kombucha uses, has a mushroom line. Rebel Tonics uses mushrooms, for example, and, and those are sold nationwide. But I knew that space, like I had enough business understanding mm. of that is that it's very expensive to ship water around the country. Mm. It's also not the most ecological thing, but it's very expensive. It's, it's a f- quite the battle to get on the shelf. So you have to pay the retailers like stupid money. And mm. I knew that in order to achieve it, we were like self-funded employee-owned companies. So like I knew that if we would do that, we'd go have to raise tons of money and really give the power of the company to the investors because nobody would otherwise believe in mm. you know, drinking mushrooms. So you would have to give quite a lot of control and we just didn't want to do that. So we stayed true to it and we did what we did. And now these other brands are creating awesome products and their model is different. They, you know, they're hedging on a different thing. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, we would have lost the control of the company many, many years ago if we would have gone on that path and it's just not what we wanted. And maybe we grew a little slower but at the end of the day, like it, like we just launched a mushroom chocolate, which a lot of people also asked. And uh, instead of selling it, we're giving out for free because we're like, "Fuck it, why yeah, not?" And it. then, <laughs> and then, Literally. people always um, in the community they say, "It's like, hey, you should like you should never start your own retail store because retail is dying." And, and we just opened a store on Abikini, and like again, fuck you it. did, yeah. Where? It's uh, next to the tasting kitchen. And it, like, Wait, shut up. Yeah, when yeah. did this happen? A couple months ago. I was just came from there. No. And the thing is, we're giving like free mushroom samples. So like it's free. And again, it's like opposed to everything that people say, but we're like, fuck it, that we can make that decision. We thought it would be fun. Mm. So and uh, you know, we sell like mushroom pans and mushroom mugs and whatever there. So but still, it's not coming like, <laughs> It's not like the <laughs> best business model, you know, when you get stuff for free. But like, we don't have to ask a permission from anyone. Mm. So, I love that bigger picture of like, you know, making it available to as many people as possible. So that I, I think in the wellness space, it is kind of exclusive in a lot of ways. Like even with fitness trends like Soul Cycle, it's fucking expensive, you know, and not everyone can do it. And it's not in the middle of America, you know? Yeah. And that's also, by the way, just to kind of mm-hmm. like choose your lane in a way is also understanding what are you trying to achieve both yeah. in life and wellness and not saying yes to everything. Because if you keep saying yes to everything, you're not going to eventually do what you want to do. What have you said no to? Not, you don't have to be specific, specific, but like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like what types of things had have you had to say no to? in order to move forward and kind of stay true to yourself and the brand? So many things. Like I said, we've said no to a lot of products. We stayed almost like stubborn mm. in doing what we did, both economically, like uh, there's been like crazy offers on on investors on our company already 
And that would just require that you would give up the control, and it was not just something I would do. So those are examples, but also practically, we never wanted to. Our team is fully distributed, so we're all over the world. Like a lot of the team members are in in LA, and we have an office in Santa Monica, but nobody really goes. Mm-hmm. So like we gave up certain things in order to achieve a lifestyle that we wanted. We would have grown faster if we would have been in the same office. It would have been faster to you know crunch crush it and do stuff and get stuff done. But we valued over the fact that we have flexibility. And um, basically, I want to take a nap every day. Mm. And I do take a nap every day. If I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm probably pissed off. (laughs) And uh, I design my life so I can have a nap every day. So I prioritize napping over growing Mm. faster. So uh, we would have grown faster if I wouldn't want a nap. What are some of your other non-negotiables in your day? There's quite a few. I guess sweating, mm-hmm. some capacity. Right now it's pretty warm, by the way. Here I'm. I'm I know I'm. I can turn <laughs> on the air, but then no. <laughs> the sound. Um, no, this is a great, great sweat right now. And then um, he's losing ten pounds. Guys. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. So movement, sweating, napping, um, hydration, connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty obvious ones. Also, like the the balance between personal time. And then, you know, being in front of people. It's funny, like some people ask, like, are you an extrovert, introvert? Have you done the Bricks Myers? Have you done that? Mm-hmm. I feel like it really depends on which time of the day you're catching me on. Like there's times when I probably score so like I on the on that scale. And if you catch me on another time, I would be a total E. Oh. So I think it's we've at least sacrificed certain economic things to live the lifestyle we wanted. And also, like doing work we want, like we could have grown. We're often out of stock, by the way. We're always <laughs> out of stock. I can imagine. And uh, and it's not a good thing, but mm. it happens. And if we would have had our own factory where we packed the products, we would have a lot more inventory. But we don't want to be in in a factory, by the way. Then we would also probably had to open it in like Wisconsin. Nothing away from Wisconsin. I've been there. It's great. But we wanted to live where we wanted to live, and some of us live in like Maine. Some lives in Dallas. Somebody's in. Obviously, I'm in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, in you're in Venice, and for me, it was important at this time of my life to have be around the community. And Venice has like maybe the best community in the world in this space. And uh, maybe in another form of my life, I'll go back and live in the woods where I grew up, you know, or somewhere else. Mm. But it's really like picking what's the most important thing for you. Yeah, how do you balance, I think, being someone who's, you know, especially now that the, your book, Healing Mushrooms, is out, kind of connecting so much. I, I feel that way, you know, connecting with writers or, you know, I'm an actress as well. So connecting in that way and really having that time, how do you, how do you balance, like, in terms of the energy you put out in that way? I, I struggle with it, so it's hard for me to articulate. I just some days I just feel super depleted. So is there because you have to give so much? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you have 
you know, a meditation practice, a mantra, anything like that, that maybe you have picked up throughout the years or as you've like grown this business where it's been a necessity to kind of balance that feeling of, you know, depleted and you have to wake up the next day and give so much more. Yeah. So I guess like three things to come to mind and none of these are probably like totally new, but like there's things that I think about. Mm-hmm. One is that um, the basics, the fundamentals is if, if you don't help yourself, it's hard to help others. It's really, I think it's, life is in a way, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint and, and really helping yourself on the fundamentals, like the non-negotiables that we talked about and finding out what which ones are those for you. And for me, I don't have a meditation practice. I've done it on and off for over a decade, but I found that like, Lying on a nail bed is is a thing for me, or connecting in nature was my form of meditation. A nail bed. Yeah, I lie on a. I take the nap on a nail bed. It's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> can so, you can you explain that? I know I know what it is, but what so, benefits does a nail bed give you um, for people who don't know? Re, you know, relaxes the nervous system. Mm. Really, it's like acupressure. It's, it's not that different in a way. Yoga or massage is in a way also acupressure. But you just push certain parts of the body to release energy from other parts of the body. Do you have a nail bed? Yes. Or it's a mat that I put on top of my actual bed. Okay. But it's made with actual metal nails, not one of those plastic things. So anyway, my point being is that one is basics, you just for fundamentals and having those fundamentals in place. And they don't take a lot of time, honestly. Like mm. the fundamentals are fundamentals for a reason. You just a lot of people forget them. They just start to get clever and try to get like the latest and greatest biohacking thing. But just finding the things that work for you and sticking to them and just, you know, being diligent on those. Second thing is is I would say this concept of like it's like a DNA string of creating. And consuming, and the same, and, and that's like this dance of life, is that you in a creative mode or in a recovery mode, and then you're in the active mode, and then just that middle crown kills you if you spend a lot of time in that like no man's land. I think that's where that chronic stress will hits you. It's okay to be busy in a certain time as long as you balance it out. So the same with me is like right now I'm going around talking about the book, but. I mean, this is one of the last podcasts I will do for a while. Mm-hmm. And after that, I'm not doing them. I'm just, you say no, and you just understand which phase you're in. So mm-hmm. I guess the second part is also to the ability to say no. And then finally, understand the fact that there's no real such thing as balance, in my opinion. It's, it's this pendulum of constantly swinging. So also embracing that is, is, is that when you're doing it, you're doing it and consuming you. But just understanding that it needs to swing back. If you're always stuck in that other spectrum, then trouble will come. So I don't think any of those are that radical, but those are things that I think about. I love that. What was it like writing a book? Writing was actually really easy because it's like basically like 10 years of knowledge put into a thing. Editing was a bitch. Um, English is because of what? The, oh, okay. okay <laughs> English yeah, yeah, is yeah. not like it's not a fourth language, sure. but but they're so the big publishers are such sticklers. With all kinds of things, so the editing was pretty painful. I would say I was a on a scale of a one to ten. It was like probably like seven painful and probably like eight or nine rewarding. How, how, <laughs> how long did it take you? Well, actually, the writing took like a month. Yeah. So it's super quick. People say like 
I, is, I think I think it's I a think, wonderful read. It's it's easy to read in the way that like I I want to keep reading. It's not one of those things where I'm like, oh, let me read a few pages and I'll put it down and I'll pick it up later. It's like yeah. I I want to know more. I mean, it's so, trust me, almost thirty nation. It's it's fascinating. It's fascinating and to like this kingdom and 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 the fact that we can use it in our everyday lives, both in you know in your cooking and in what you take to just feel better um, and just to be better, it's it's really empowering. So are you like make are, are you like cooking for yourself on the regular? Mm. Yeah. What's your favorite recently, like your favorite recipe that you could share with us? What I've been saying on the book, I really like this avocado mousse. Mm. It's like uh, you can use a little bit of a nut milk, coconut oil, and smashed avocado to make like a chocolate mousse. And you can make it even sugar-free by using like stevia or whatever. And if you want to add a little bit of cocoa sugar or whatever, it's possible. But you basically make this fluffy mousse that it stays a long time in the fridge and it's okay. But the cool thing about it is that it's like high fat, low sugar snack that mm. I sometimes have, crave like between meals. And it keeps my energy, for me works, for someone it might not. But it's also a great way I hide herbs in it. So I can add all these bitter, really healthy things because it's like fats and like chocolate really like like hide stuff pretty well. So high fat cacao things usually are easiest ways to hide good stuff. So I just throw a lot of stuff there and that's pretty dope. I love that. And then I think the mushroom bacon by using, putting in the oven, you know, shiitake slices and putting like maple syrup and oil and spice smoked paprika and you put it in an oven and it comes to these crispy bacons, quote unquote bacons with made with mushrooms. That's pretty dope as well. I told my mom about that. Yeah. She's like, what do you mean? <laughs> like meanwhile, she's like picking out like the pork, you know, she's like, which pork do I need? I'm like, mom, you gotta get the shiitake and we're gonna make bacon. She's like, you're kidding. Yeah. It <laughs> actually like, blows people's mind. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Is your mom in LA? She is for the month. She's living wow. here for the month. So How does she think of this wellness thing? Loves it. It's so open. And I think it's hard because we're, it's every day for us, you know? Yeah. So I have to remember, you know, that she has the general, like, oh, I'm healthy, right? Like, I'll make a salad, I'll do, you know, the salmon and good fats and all of this. But the little things like products that have, GMOs and mm. you know she's not reading the labels so I'm trying to not be annoying but just kind of leading by example I guess yeah um, but introducing her to products like Four Sigmatic like you know is like that, an essential oil just so, so that's what I was asking feels. is besides the mushrooms what's been a thing that she's like totally embraced and is like loving it almost more than you are loving it like what's mm. a thing that she fully good question my mom loves mayo. Yeah. So I love Primal Kitchen. Oh yeah. Um, the avocado oil mayo, and I think it tastes better and the chipotle flavor. So it's really been a game changer for her. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. She'll put it on everything. She's like, "Hey, where's that mayo?" I'm like, "You finished it." <laughs> Shout out to uh, Mark Sisson Mark and Sisson. and then Mari Shanuda who helped that make that product happen. They're mm. both good friends. So Mark's coming on the podcast. So we're so excited great about that. Yeah, there's so many good people in wellness. It's such a fun space to dance around in, you know, I think, yeah. not dance, but I think to to collaborate in. And I think it could be, you know, like other industries where it's, it is super competitive, but I think there is a support in the wellness space where there's like, with the brands that are going to be around for a long time, there's, you know, 
an admiration from far away. Like, you go, do that, you know? Mm-hmm. We want to see you succeed. And and that's why I think um, I think that's been improved now. I think mm-hmm. uh, just having companies be successful. I remember like, you know, seven, 10 years ago, um, if a company became like a certain size, people start hating on it. And I think that has really changed in the last few years. Mm-hmm. It's like people realize that, hey, it, it's not like nobody's like, Killing it financially, but nevertheless, like it's better that these companies succeed versus like you know a Monsanto or um, some giant Conagra or whatever. Like it's better mm-hmm. that these small brands, instead of one Conagra, there's like hundred companies that do good things, and them and their family can pay for their bills. And I think that's been really changing in the last few years. People are realizing so somebody doing well, it's better because versus some faceless corporation destroying and raping the planet is is getting all that money. So I think that's all positive and I think that's really changing as well, people's mindsets. I do too. Um, well, you guys are examples too and, and modeling that. So I think like we're only going to see it, you know, become better and better, just the whole industry. So that's great. Well, um, yeah, we're going to spend all our money on free chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, guys, I got chocolate. Don't tell Krista though. Okay, I'm going on wax on tape to say that I brought for both of you. So if you eat four bars of chocolate, two pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, I brought four. By the way, it's four. So two and two. Just saying. So generous. I'm actually so excited. And you can get more at the shroom room. So if you stop by, wait. I want to like. I want to plan a little meetup for our peeps in LA. Just yeah, come over. Okay, cool. You know. Almost thirty mushrooms meet up. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. I did not know that existed. Is it like hidden? It's kind of. It's, Wait, it's, isn't that little pop up that used to be like me undies? And no, okay, but cool. it is a little little corner. There's a big sign on the street though. Great. It's but I it's, need signage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm special sometimes. <laughs> if you go, it's uh, sixteen twenty nine Apokini Boulevard. It's next to like Tasting Kitchen. Yeah, and there's oh yeah, there's really cool like. Uh, um, shoe store called Saba. That's right. Okay, and that little like hidden corner there, and handle only with love. It's like a jewel, handmade jewelry store. So cool. it's not that same premise, but it's, it's the it's coolest a, street in America, guys. Okay, get yeah. on it. <laughs> and we're there permanently now, so it's not a pop up. Really? It's, yeah, it's like a permanent this location. Is like breaking news in my world. Totally. Okay. <laughs> cool. In the Venice, Santa Monica, <laughs> LA bubble, <laughs> mushroom oh. store. <laughs> Well, this has been amazing. I'm so excited for our listeners to just take one step in the direction of using mushrooms in their everyday life. And I think a lot of people are curious, but don't feel like they don't know enough to start. And I don't think you have to know a lot to start. No, I mean, if there's (laughs) something and it doesn't have to be our products, but just giving like a mushroom coffee or a mushroom hot chocolate, Mm -hmm. you know, having a stress reducing hot cocoa with cinnamon or like a you know, coffee without the jitters with, with using mushrooms and just giving it a chance and trying it for seven days and see how you feel. I think it's the consistency. Do you find that like the more, I mean, obviously it works on the first go, but I found that using it over this last year and more, you know, concentrated in the last few months, I've just seen overall my sleep improve my anxiety I don't have a lot of anxiety but I notice like when I would have gotten anxious I kind of am able to be a little bit more even so do you find like the consistency 
is key. Like with anything else, yeah. you know, be it working out or whatever. Like if you do a good workout, you sweat it out and you feel euphoria after and you, you feel happy you did it. But probably doing it more often than once is better for you. <laughs> so yeah, that's the same with mushrooms. You probably, depends how sensitive you are, you're probably going to feel it on the first time. But nevertheless, it's, 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 it's not a thing that you should just do for a couple of days. But at, at least give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Well, you can buy Taro's book now, Healing Mushrooms, A Practical and Culinary Guide to Using Mushrooms for Whole Body Health. And we will also be doing a Four Sigmatic giveaway. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for being here. So grateful. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Almost 30 Nation, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Taro, the founder of Four Sigmatic. Check out foursigmatic.com slash almost 30. Uh, their products, I'm actually right now drinking the lion's mane just to focus, you know. But thank you guys so much for supporting us, for rating and reviewing, subscribing on iTunes, for joining our secret Facebook group, and for becoming patrons. So we have a bunch of patrons that donate a few bucks a month to help this show run and they receive amazing rewards like uh, throwback episodes, special content, our dad hat, all the things. So thank you guys so much in advance. Um, Patreon.com slash almost 30. Thank you to our team. You guys know who you are. We uh, uh, This ship would not be running without you, you know? Um, and to our sponsors this week, BioClarity, Fab, Fit, Fun, Four Sigmatic, and yeah, Field Trip. Sometimes we get feedback that there are too many ads. It varies per episode, but for us, you know, we really believe in every product that we promote and we are, we feel very lucky to be able to share these products with our listeners and give you guys the discount codes. So yeah, thanks for tuning into those two. All right, guys, have a beautiful week and we'll see you for a new episode next Tuesday. Bye.